1: Talking about our Los Angeles Rams, let's get to it.
3: Welcome to another edition of the Rams Up podcast. We're here with another roundtable. I'm your host Tom Courts at Rams Beat on Twitter. Here with Ian and Paul, as always, to chop up another game uh, with the Browns that we came out victorious in, and then going into M&T at in Baltimore with the Ravens. So it's a they're coming off of a uh, a bye. It's going to be a, a very big challenge. So we're here to break it down for you. How you doing, Ian and
2: Paul? Fantastic.
0: Yeah, doing good. I mean, <laughs> typical Rams football, right? Stressful, stressful, stressful. And then things got better, which I'm happy about. And we'll talk about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little different than uh, the beginning of the year. I think this team is is, is uh you know, sort of growing up in, in before our eyes, as a matter of fact, I just saw a quote from McVeigh. I think it was today in a press conference. He made, he might've made that exact same reference to himself. He says, you guys are watching me develop or grow up or mature or something like that right in front of your eyes. And um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's happier than ever. He's, he just is, is so excited to be teaching the game and, and we see that represented in the, uh, in the, uh, in the team. I mean, all, so many positions. So let's kind of break it down. What, what players do you guys see, um, uh, you know, maybe uh, developing in a positive trajectory? Um, and then maybe we can go to the guys that, you know, are, are, haven't done anything or, or kind of fallen, fallen off. But who are the guys that stand out to you that are just really developing over the course of the year?
0: Yeah. Team, lead us up. Oh, my. Puka Nakua is wide receiver one. He's just, he looks faster. He looks stronger. And let me tell you something. When he went down after that big, you know, back shoulder. Yeah. Super torque catch. I was like, oh, no. Of course, the football gods would screw us after he broke the Rams rookie receiving, uh, you know, record, right? Right after he got it, it's over. All right, lights out. Because you know what, gentlemen, I've broken my collarbone in that same fashion playing football. Catch like that, eat the dirt hard, like right on that corner, and that's what I thought. The broadcast is talking about him crying. His head was down. The shot was terrible. You know, just you know, an optics look you're like, oh, he's he's badly hurt. The narration, yeah, walking walking down the
3: tunnel, his arm dude, is is the halfway narration, across his chest. Yeah.
0: Oh, the narration about him crying or shedding tears and teary, whatever it was, teary eye. I was like, ah, oh, of course, of course, of course, we would get screwed. And for that man to come back out there at right at the beginning of the second half, I was like, this dude is a Polynesian superhero, ain't he? <laughs> and I, I kid, but this this is all part of his growth, I think. Not only does he have the willpower to be a professional athlete in the NFL, because that takes willpower, everybody. The constant nicks and knacks of bruises, and lumps, training, keeping your body right, nutrition, playbook. Got to go you know, and hit every play like it's your last. It takes a lot out of you. I don't think people realize that, especially NFL. For him to realize that as a rookie, for him to take all that on and also be productive, incredible.
3: Incredible. And l- guys, didn't he look a lot faster this past Sunday? Oh, my God. He looked so much faster. And, and you know everybody's saying it on Twitter and stuff. But not only did he look faster, he was clocked faster. He's the, the, the third player. <laughs> yeah, the third player this season. A lot of people have read this already. But... The third player this season in the NFL uh, to hit twenty plus miles per hour on a reception yeah. and on a uh, and on a carry, and um, he did it Incredible. on that jet sweep, and then on and then in that uh, on that touchdown. And the only other two guys are uh, Tyreek Hill and Tebow Samuel. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Like, weren't we talking this? Guy? Oh, it's great to have a possession, a, a hard nosed possession Shoot. receiver. That was his rap, right? And now all of a sudden, yep. he's mentioned in the same breath as as uh, Debo and and uh, Tyreek. Well, let's move on from. I mean, I feel real, like real quick. Uh,
0: yeah, go ahead. Real, real quick, I just gotta say this: for him to be this good this soon is incredible. I just, I don't think people realize how incredible him being a late round pick and for him to develop this quickly and look at he obviously we'll talk about the other young bucks and other players in a second, but for him to be this good week in and week out when he gets his chances, it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And is. real quick, a little funny moment about his speed, I had a buddy who uh, noticed on the broadcast? He was like, "Oh, I, I think his girlfriend or his fiance is in the stands." No wonder why that man was running. Had an extra <laughs> gear in his steps, showing off for the lady, right? That's great. That's a good one, yeah. That's but I just want to shout him out. I just wanted to shout him out because it's just incredible, incredible. Best rookie wide receiver in Rams history already with another month of games ago. Fantastic. Yeah,
3: and he's probably going to be by the end of the year if he keeps it up. Right up there with uh, the best ones. He's tough as nails. It's the only way yeah. you can describe him. What, step- uh, Paul, give me give us another couple of guys um, that uh, you see are trending significantly upward um, on this Rams team.
2: So um, I'm going I'm to stay with the wide receiver position. I, I, I told you guys two weeks ago, Demarcus Robinson stepped up. It's about time they started throwing him the rock, right? So he he caught that touchdown pass that helped the Rams pull away, right? Created that a little bit of separation. I think he had four four catches in the game. Right. And I think, you know, listen, honestly, uh, Cooper was a king cup was a little nicked up. So I think that's a nice luxury that the Rams have to have a veteran that can get open solid hands, but also fits the system and the scheme perfectly. He can block. He's got length. He can run the jet sweep. So. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, of DR in the upcoming weeks. He played a great game. Uh, that that holding call, that was nonsense. We all know that. We saw the replay. That was complete nonsense. But um, I think that's a nice luxury. I think you're going to see him get more reps. I think Tuto is going to be running those vertical routes, right? Um, and it makes sense. You still got Ben Sko in the mix. So I think... This is a real area of strength for the Rams. That wide receiver room just looks rock solid. You know, you got Puka the side. I mean, look, the NFL at some point is going to have to, like, pull him aside and check him to make sure he's not a cyborg. I mean, he's that good, right? And we know the damage that King Cup uh, can uh, can do. They got just got to keep him healthy. Don't wear him down too early, right? I'm, I'm telling you, this wide receiver room looks dangerous. And I think DR just brings that element. Uh, Another player that really stood out for me, uh, I mean, on the O side of it, was on the O-line. The O-line, just as a whole, played lights out. As you saw Stafford in the press conference, he shouted them out. But you know who really stood out? I mean, Avila looked fantastic. He looked fantastic. He was out there leading sweeps. Um, he, He looked nimble. He played tough. And they all did the whole O line. I think it's one sack in three games, if I'm not mistaken. One sack in three games, okay. And that That's Cleveland incredible. front, yep. Yeah, that Cleveland, the Cleveland front is a tough front. I think they only got two hits on Stafford all game. So yeah,
3: I think uh, Larry Jackson got the game ball for uh, yeah. doing the business on Garrett. So yeah, and yeah. gentlemen, I know people. I
0: know people on the internet, whatever people on the internet, but they were like all oh, miles garrett is compromised a 75 percent miles garrett is better than a majority of edge rushers in the nfl okay let's ever let's, let's calm <laughs> yeah, down and acting he's like he's just stuck for- all of a sudden because his shoulder hurts like dude yeah, is still good
3: candidate for mvp of the league let, let alone defensive player of the year i mean this guy's been yeah lights out all year long so Great. yeah so and let's there just was a clip some of the Go ahead.
0: Real quick, there's a clip of the O-line. It was Kevin Dodson where he pancaked two guys on one of the outside pitches of Kyron. I'm trying to remember exactly what moment that was in the game. Might have been third quarter-ish or so. Sweep, or not a sweep. But it was a power toss. He's obviously double teaming Gar or double teaming D tackle, pushing to the linebacker. Linebacker was out of the way. So he just went and found somebody and threw two dudes into each other and pancaked them both. That counts, everybody. <laughs> I was like. Woo. I mean, oh man, it's just good good things happen when the O-line just is average to good.
2: It's simple you, as that, ain't it? And you can't and you can't talk about ascending players on the Rams without mentioning Iron Kyron. What a difference this kid makes. And I honestly, I have to tell you, the toughness that I see week in, week out, was not at Notre Dame. I mean, he was tough in Notre Dame. This kid, whatever he has done. And this is why the NFL is so fantastic. The will to be great is what is differentiating this player, right? What has differentiated this player from all those in that draft is that the will to be great. He has understood, okay, this is what I was in college. This is where I want to be. And he has put the time in, the work in. You see it. I mean, the, the, um, the number of tackles he breaks, he's found the end zone 10 times already this season. Iron Kyron. Three, I think, receiving seven on the ground. What a dimension he has brought to the Rams. Yeah. Right? That the Can offense. Can you imagine what, how
0: different. much. Yeah, sorry not to cut you off, Paul. I'm just Could you just imagine if you wouldn't have missed those four games? Oh, my god, How different the season would be? I mean, not only just for his personal stats and maybe all pro or pro bowl stuff, but even just the fortunes of Rams win and loss, you know, record in that stretch, that ugly stretch that we had. Son of a gun football gods. You just had to had to put a nail in the wrench of uh of good running back fortune for a little bit, did you? Yeah. But we're happy to have him back. I'm glad it wasn't season ending, but hey.
3: Yeah, I mean the key thing is 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 I just keep my eye on the on the prize, if you will. And the goal for this year, you know, I mean, I think pe- people haven't talked about the the guy McVeigh's talked about it a lot, and that's McVeigh getting his head on straight. Like mm-hmm. he's you know, he's the the head of the snake and if he's not right then this team's not right so he's got his head on straighter than ever and you know kudos to this 30-something guy who you know has been through the gauntlet and has matured and is self-aware enough to know that that he had a lot of grown up to do and, and that was his quote actually now i think about it he said something like i'm growing up right in front of your eyes or something like that and um you know keeping it he got his priorities straight he's got a a, a zeal for the game again he's He's having fun. You know, he's focused. You can tell it's day by day. Um, Work, you know, work. What does he say? Uh, What's his new saying? Work uh, works or something like that. And um, so, yeah, good for him. And then then that just the trickle down effect on this coaching staff are all teachers. And that's what we're talking about now is the development of so many of these players. I mean, the the short list of guys we haven't seen um, anybody, you know, some of these guys, Tomlinson and. And you know, Mathis to some degree, and Hampton, we haven't seen, and some of these guys we haven't seen yet. But the guys that we have seen, and guys from last, you know, second year guys, and even some third year guys have really developed. And there aren't a lot of those guys that have shown that they can't play in this league. I mean, we thought Darion Kedrick was going to be one of them because he had some pretty bad stretch there, but he's even bounced back, you know, and starting to play some pretty good ball. Like it's pretty good. So um, yeah, it's incredible. yeah, there's a long list of guys who have developed. So going into this, going, going back to this game last week, uh, before we jump into the Ravens matchup, anybody that just stood out, I mean, aside from the, aside from who we've already called out, Paul, like the, the old line and, um, you know, uh, Robinson and, uh, wouldn't that have been great if Robinson last year played this well for us? The other Robinson <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Allen, but, um, uh, but you know, so who are some other guys that maybe jumped off the page? Um, I called out Alaric Jackson, really stepped up against a really uh, a really tough Miles Garrett. So who are some maybe a couple other guys that jumped off the page
2: at you this week? On defense, um, I would say right off the top, Colby Turner played a great game. The conductor, the maestro, did a great job. <laughs> you know, you know what was really great to see? Did you see after that safety? The way he and Donald ran off the field together, like you, you would have thought Kobe Turner was like a, an eight year veteran in the league. Right. But I think that mix of young, hungry players with these veterans, because, you know, the veterans were saying it in the beginning of the season. They didn't want to give up with the season. They said we're going to surprise a lot of people. You know, they kept saying them. They kept saying that they kept saying that. And now you're starting to see, like, these young guys really start to believe, not only in their own ability, but trying to buy into this team concept of, like, holy cow, I'm playing next to Aaron Donald, you know? And we, listen, Donald, up until that point, uh, was once again, was largely used as a decoy, was doing his thing. But when he smelled blood in the water, when they were, at, they were pinned back in the end zone, you saw that, that rush move, threw the guard out of the way. And Kobe Turner was right there too. I mean, it was awesome to watch. So definitely Kobe Turner. Shout out to Kobe. Uh, Ernest Jones had a great game in the middle. Right, he was yeah. he had nine tackles, but he was in on fifteen stops.
0: Huge. That's his career high, fifteen total. Right. I mean, yeah. he matched his career looking, high. I was, I was it's, looking. Yeah, he helped his knees, me get, looking, his knees looking better on film. It's obvious that that week off that he had in Green Bay, which shoot, I wish he would have played him. Maybe it would have made a difference. But yeah. It's uh, it was obvious he was hurt earlier in the year. He was playing through it, and obviously the Rams said, yeah, "You need to let that heal. We need you close to as hundred as possible instead of this seventy percent version of you. It's not good enough. It's not helping the team." And that was the right decision. I know we took an L that week. He didn't play against Green Bay, but it looks better. Our whole yeah, defense absolutely. looks better, man. Sheesh.
2: And you know who else? Uh, uh, a not talked about player in that game. He he had to, he played a lot of slot. Rush East played a lot of slot. He, yeah. he played lake spot. Right. Yep. So yep. yeah. Right. You know, lake Valley, he, yeah. he battled just, just like we said, you know, and what we're starting to see. Uh, and we said, this was Raheem Morris's thing over the last two or three seasons. When he drafts D backs, he wants them to have that flexibility, safety corner, etc., Right. And now you're starting to see it. And, this positional flexibility that we're seeing is going to pay huge dividends down the road, huge dividends down yeah, the road. Yeah, you
3: can get guys on the field that you otherwise couldn't get on the field. They're not yeah. one-dimensional, yeah. And you
2: know. the, way, the way the Rams have improved over this three-game stretch, think about this, is how intelligently they are playing down in distance. Would you guys agree? The biggest difference I have seen over the last three games, right, and it's no coincidence it's a W, right? Right. Is the way on defense they are playing down in distance in the secondary and the linebackers. So to me, well, that was something very very noticeable. You know, and shout out. I know he gets a lot. It gets a lot of hate, but Troy Reader and Roseboom playing next to Ernest Jones, <laughs> they got a lot of bird. They held it down. They yeah, held yeah, it down. Yeah. And I
0: and Paul to your point about the down and distance thing. I think it has a, an and. It's try, you know, chime in whenever you, when you feel is necessary. I just think the secondary, everyone's getting into the spots that they play at their best. I mean, I know people were wishy-washy on Russ East. I was one of those people. He had good moments, bad moments at, you know, traditional free safety spot, but he's playing a lot better in the dime linebacker area. And in that slot every now and then, or the star every now and then, he plays much better there. John Johnson has finally gotten his football legs under him and has retaken his spot. And he's mentioned it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week and the previous weeks too. But he just—he looks better and better and better now. He's getting back to that Pro Bowl level that he was when he was with us back in twenty uh, twenty. You know, Jordan Fuller's playing good football. His ankle ain't bothering him anymore. Like we talked about in previous pods. You know, Darion Kendrick got to, had to get a life. You know, a life lesson slap in the face to start playing good football cool (laughs) you know uh a has been awesome i think everybody's just settling in with what their role is we're getting the right people in the right spots and shoot man too bad Quinn lake's been hurt he's been really good at the star in in that slot area too i just think everyone is finally getting molded into the spots that they can excel at greatly Jordan, I'd say, what do we say, Montana, Ram Nation, with John Johnson, and so forth, so forth. I just think it starts from them, and then we trickle down.
2: And what do we say, Ram Nation, a couple of weeks ago, we said it was all about the roles, right? Players yep. finding their roles. And Ram Nation, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the guys finding their niche on the field. We saw that with Witherspoon. Now, listen, Witherspoon was a signing that nobody talked about, right? And now look at it. It's probably the best signing the Rams made all season. Right. And Johnny Johnson's probably gonna be, you know, a one B, right? That's gonna be like a one A and a one. Yeah, on defense.
3: Right? I mean, Dotson's up there as well. Well, right? Dotson's oh, oh We, we yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah, But yeah.
2: on defense, I mean, come on. I mean, that's just fantastic. And, you know, and the D line too. I mean, if you watch, there were a lot of Jonah Williams again, rock solid. You know, Bobby Brown was in on two stops, and he had that one really great play. I mean, if we could do more of that, come on, buddy. Come on, Bobby. <laughs> Time to, yeah. We need you to be like Bobby Boucher out there, baby. So, yeah. um, but you've seen a lot of really good things. You're starting to see the camaraderie develop, that team chemistry. And I think on the O-line, that team chemistry is exactly what we're talking about. You know, and I know we're talking about D, but, you know, shout out to Matt Stafford, man. You talk about not just being a gunslinger, but the leadership.
1: Yeah, You know,
2: throwing that swag out. You saw what he, when he threw that pass and he was swinging that finger around. Like, you know, like the trigger is still good. I mean, come on, man. You know, everybody on the sideline was jazzed up when they saw that. So oh, you're seeing yeah. the leaders, Donald step up, Ernest Jones step up, staff step up, you know, and it's it's making a difference. It really is, you know, cup battling out there, you know, and then and it's just all coming together nicely. I mean, this team, if they can stay healthy and they can find their groove, they're going to be dangerous. This team can be dangerous if they can find consistency on offense, because when they are consistent on offense, they are putting their defense in really good field situations. Well, hey, right? Paul, they're to that not...
0: point, real quick, to yeah. that point, Kobe Turner and some of the young bucks. I think it was the Seattle game presser that just a memory just popped up in my head. I might be wrong on this, but they talked about how encouraging and how uplifting it is to see the offense sustain drives for multiple reasons. I think it was Kobe Turner talking about it. It was number one problem solving of how they had time on the tablets, watching the, you know, the live game review to be able to study and adjust with, you know, players themselves and coaches in tandem to be able to problem solve, to be able to go back on the field and dominate their opponent, the defense. And how much that time the offense was taking, running the ball, sustaining drives, and not going through and out like a majority of the season gave them that time and for your young group on defense to be able to figure those things out. Rest, all that stuff. It matters. People think like, oh, the pro athletes, it, hey man, everyone's gotta hit is gonna hit empty or close to empty soon in a game, right? It's just you have the willpower to power through it. That's that's pro sports for you. So I think that you know, symbiotic relationship of offense and defense of special teams. It matters, man. And when you brought that up, Paul reminded me of that moment. And we're seeing that come to fruition. And speaking of Kobe Turner real quick, 5.5 sacks leads all NFL rookies in sacks. Incredible. Byron Young second with five. Who would have thought? Wow. Ten
2: ten and a half from
0: the rooks. Right? Leading all rookies. Every first rounder you can think of, every second rounder you can think of, these two dudes from the third are leading the entire NFL for rookies and sacks, both of them, one and two. And we still got another month of
2: games. Crazy. (laughs) And and you know what? And the conductor's been doing yeoman work uh, against the run. He's been bringing the lunch pail with him. You know, he's not just shooting gaps, man. He's been holding his own on the LOS. And and that's why the Rams have not been uh, exploited in terms of the run game and getting gashed because they've been fresh. They've had the advantage in terms of the field position, and that's made a huge difference on the run defense stats. It really has. So, yeah, I mean, the, those those players to me really stand out on the D. Um, once again, the Rams Pointer doing great great work. He did, you know, drop two for touchbacks. He's got to work on that. But just a shout-out to him, uh, Ram Nation. Uh, 45 punts on the season, one-third of them he's dropped in the 20 and has a 50-yard average. Let's just put that into perspective. One-third of all God his wait. kicks he's dropped in the 20, and he's booming him for 50.
0: And the dude can drop uh, weight in the weight room like a D lineman.
2: Yeah, did you see that? That was awesome.
0: Oh, incredible, incredible. I mean, this rookie class has got to be easily the best this season. Like, I don't even think that's a debate. I, don't, I can't think of another group of team or teams that has a rookie class contributing and balling out like the Rams classes, this 2023 class. So
3: yeah, they're, thank they're, God it turned
0: out well. I mean, yeah, woof. they're
3: playing well. It was a good, good class. I mean, one of the reasons for that, of course, is that uh, you have to, they have to be given the opportunity. And, you know, so the Rams played more rookies, gave more rookies, you know, record setting number of rookies made the 53 man roster. So Um, all of those things are going to contribute to, to that. But having said that, that doesn't mean they're going to play well. There's a lot of teams that have started a lot of rookies that sucked over the years and the Rams are hitting on these guys, you know, left and right. And there aren't any that I can even think of that have just said, I, you know, I can't play. I mean, there's a couple guys from last year. There's the, who's the lineman that washed out that ended up from Wisconsin. Oh, Bruss, Logan Bruss. Yeah, Bruss. Yeah, yeah, Bruss. You know, so there's some guys from prior years, but this year's class has really uh, excelled so far. So.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
2: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big
1: names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
2: many more doors. The show is
1: called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
3: Let's move on to this Ravens matchup. Uh, So, Ravens coming off of a bye. uh, When Lamar Jackson starts uh against n f c teams he's eighteen and one, and no that's not at home that's overall yep um yes. there's another stat which i don't know about n f c teams coming into m and t but uh that's that's something crazy it couldn't be any worse than eighteen and one i guess it but, ain't good um, tom yeah, it ain't it, good it, yeah, it so. ain't in our favor and yeah. uh and and that's not has nothing to do with the them uh being healthy. Which, by the way, last uh, – two years ago, the Super Bowl year, right, it was – we went to Baltimore and pulled out – barely pulled out a win against Tyler Hunt, Huntley and, and a second-string Baltimore team. Um, that was the I Super know. Bowl. Team. Remember that game? And um, it was a pretty wild game, actually. And uh, so, I mean, this is a team that, you know, does – and then now, but now they're healthy. Like, okay – Forget all that. They're coming off a bye. They're healthy. They have two only two injuries, and they're both on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Dobbins went out early, and Andrews is now out for the year. It's looking like he's on IR for sure for this game. So, um, But other than that, these guys, you know, Humphreys is back. Marlon Humphreys is back this week. It's all systems go. And uh, a motivated, not to mention a motivated Lamar Jackson because he, he got his bag. So, okay. With that lead in, Paul, how do you feel the Rams are going to do this week?
2: <laughs> listen, uh, I only know how to talk about Dubs. That's all I know how to talk about. <laughs> but listen, this the Raven. This is a, the Ravens team. I love this roster, man. This is a tough, uh, no nonsense Raven squad, man. You look at that roster. And Listen, our boy's there, right? OBJ's there. So, you know. I wish it was the other way around, but it is what it is, right? But and and, Paul, is and a- Paul, real
0: quick, about, about the roster. I mean, it's it's been known. No, I shouldn't say that. There are whispers and people that I've kind of talked to in the various Rams universe who are in the know that Zay Flowers was somebody the Rams would have yeah. loved to have traded up for and gone if he was available in that later part of the first round, which obviously – was kind of true, but the capital and stuff didn't work. It was either him or Dalton Kincaid that they were really serious about trading up for. So, you, hey, man, if McVay and them like a wide receiver enough to go in the first round, you know that dude's got talent, and it's been proven that he's been a good rookie player for sure. So I just wanted to to mention that real quick, that Zay Flowers was somebody that the Rams were – Going to trade up for if it fell that way late in the first round, they were going to go up and try to get him for sure.
2: And and if you really want to talk about this Ravens roster, let's talk about those two linebackers in the middle, Queen mm-hmm. and Smith. Mm-hmm. Talk about ridiculous. Good deal. Talk about the linchpins of the defense right there.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: and just little things like Gus Edwards already has ten rushing TDs. I know the dude just crazy. like inside the ten just hammers it home. And so, then the
0: rookie who's uh, who just came out of nowhere yeah. and and I'm blanking on a name. I can find it right like now. But over
2: for Dobbins,
0: yeah, yeah, it's just it's incredible. I mean th- that team's gonna be tough, gentlemen. I mean it's just that's the reality. Well, you me mean Mitchell, right, me. Kane Mitchell? Yeah, that's Keen Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I so, mean, Yeah. it's gonna be listen. You, you play the Ravens, their colors, you know, tell you it's going to be a black and blue game, baby. You know, you play them, yeah. you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to give anything away. They got a great head coach. They know how to play within their system, they got a great defense. Clowney is loving it. You know, the system uh, really lets him do his thing. So, you know, this is a real test. We just talked about the O line for the Rams, right? This is their test, right? Yeah. To handle this big physical Ravens defense. Now, Having said that, one of the reasons I think the sack totals have gone down is Staff is not holding the ball back there. He's getting rid of it. He's throwing it away. He's playing smart. Uh, Once again, passer rating was, I think, what was it, 110 this week? The Rams have to play. Yeah, the Rams got to play it smart. They're on the road. They got to play a road game. In the past, games like this, and McVay has even said it, McVeigh gets sort of caught up in what the other team is trying to do and then changes his entire game plan. I think the Rams got to stay to script, play their game, play a road game, play it smart, play field position, take their shots. They got a solid running game, right? They got enough firepower on offense to put some points on the board when they get the ball. And, and by the way, Ram Nation, they lost the T.O.P. battle in Cleveland and still won that game. They still won that game, right? because yeah. they played it smart they took advantage of their opportunities against the ravens they want to shorten this game right they don't want lamar jackson getting 12 13 drives to run around back there keep him in the yeah. pocket make him hand it off if they're going to beat you on the ground let them beat you on the ground right do not let lamar jackson play his ferrari game right keep him in the pocket let him you know let him play a conservative game you know if then, let's play, you know, the, you know, little uh, rock and sock and robots and, you know, see who comes out sure. the winner at the end. I think that's the Rams best chance for success. If they let Lamar Jackson loose, it's going to be a recipe. for Yeah. Disaster.
3: I mean, obviously early in the season, uh, it's yeah. kind of been patched up since in the last few weeks, but early in the season um, or for most of the, most of the season so far, the edges have really allowed these mobile quarterbacks. We've talked about it a yeah. lot, these mobile quarterbacks to get outside the pocket, And once they got loose, you know, they did a lot of damage. And so obviously, you know, here now we're going into uh, Lamar Jackson, who's the best at getting out of the pocket, at doing anything he wants from a a mobility standpoint. And um, at the same time, both of our starting edges are uh, banged up. Now, we don't know if, you know, they're out for this week or not, but both Byron Young and Michael Hoyt are are, uh, on the injury report. Um, I think they're at, I don't know where they're at for right now. They're just, they have their limited practice, I think.
2: So, yeah, they're questionable with knees, yeah.
3: both. Yeah, questionable knees. So, so we got <laughs> our edges who, you know, not one's a rook, one's a interior defensive lineman, and <clears throat> these guys are supposed to contain Lamar Jackson. So, you know, it's a tall task, and it's going to yeah. come down to something like that. Like, you know, hopefully, um, you know hopefully they can do it. I think they'll they'll run a, a spy with somebody like Reader. You know, he they like to run him at the spy um, or something like that. But we'll see. Uh on the I want to get to the offensive side of the ball a little bit for the Rams. I I mean we talk about going up against a, a stout defense like um, like Cleveland and uh you know we talk about our offensive line doing such a good job but there was a lot of scheme in that you know involved in that in my opinion as well and with McVay and staff and so forth and and it i think if simplifying it there's more to it than this but if you just take it down to its its simplest form they're running staff under center and um and it's working you know it's it's working on the setting up the play action it's 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 just, we're, it's w- much better, obviously, to run out of a under center for the gap scheme, the power gap scheme, than it is. The you can get away with it on the outside uh, zone scheme runs, um, going uh, into a shotgun, but running staff under center, everything looks so much better. I just wanted to get you guys' take on that, Ian. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, how many times have we pulled up on the pod for round table? And I've been in a pissy mood because the play calling and the playbook was whack <laughs> to keep it simple, right? I mean, I just think when you can have that threat of the run and not even run a play action, whether that's in pistol, which I saw a lot more of this week, which I'm happy. Well, I with. love the
2: pistol. When they run the yeah, pistol, same. I love it.
0: Whether it's under center, like you're talking about, Tom, which is, I also very much like. Um, there's that threat when you're in shotgun with the running back on the quarterback's left hip or right hip. It limits you from your run game perspective, from a pass protection perspective, it limits you, you know, limits you heavily, especially in the NFL level. So when you're under center and all things are equal, no matter how many receivers or tight ends, you have the run or the threat of the run is always going to be there. And in the pistol, So basically, if the running back is directly behind the quarterback, run is an option at any time. And I think that's a big deal. And I know with the under center stuff, Tom, and how good that is. But I even think to the point of the pistol, though, of how many times we've been in the pistol and we've only ran it. Now we're starting to do traditional drop back stuff out of that and still have the whole playbook open. I think that's even more huge than just being under center. Because we've talked about it. Stafford has been vocal about wanting to be in shotgun. It's easier for him to immediately survey the defense and make better decisions. I don't care if we never do under center again. If we just run everything out of pistol, we can do the whole playbook and still threaten people. Obviously, I, I would like to be under center more. But if we don't and we run primarily pistol, I think that'd be great. And I saw a ton more of that this last week. And it was good to see. Along with the under center stuff. So, obviously, the thumb is feeling better, right, gentlemen? That throwing thumb of Stafford that got banged up in that stupid two-point conversion, you know, Philly, Philly pass is feeling better, thankfully. You know, and Stafford's a tough son of a gun, so he's going to play through it. But it's good to see that the playbook doesn't isn't whack anymore, just to keep it PG. Because, gosh, think about it, gentlemen. Uh, On pods, we have to talk about how we were running the same 15 plays, just a little bit different, and just how ridiculous it was. Now you can't guess what's going to happen, and I'm happy about that. That's how a pro offense should be.
2: Yeah, and to extend that, remember a couple of weeks ago, Ian, we had said, um, I, to me anyway, when I was watching it, it looked like defense is new, especially when the Rams were running certain running plays, like specifically like where the mesh point was going to be, you know, what side of the field the play was going to. And if you, and I, I think if you watch yep. um, the last three games, particularly the the two prior and then the one loss, um, what I noticed was they were waiting for the backside motion and then the D line would slant to the open side and they would literally you would see the running back running right into a d tackle and that's exactly what was yeah, happening, right? Because teams figured it out, they said, "Oh look, yeah. there's the backside motion. They yep. use the wide receivers to block. Right? We know what's up. Mm-hmm. all we need to know is give the D line the green light to slant towards that, and that's what they were doing. And now yeah, they were. because Iron Kyron can run to either side of the field, whether it's you know, um, you know, a power gap play or they do that quick toss, right? They're catching mm-hmm. those D linemen in those slants now. They're like, holy cow, and they're running it to the backside." Right now, that now you're going to see these jet sweeps become even more prominent, right? Yeah, now that they've seen that Puka's got the speed to hit the outside, you got Demarcus Robinson, you got Coop, you know, you're going to see now probably a lot more of the jet sweep, it's going to be even more effective. But that we need it, yeah, and and that diversity that you're talking about, those different looks keeps the defense from keying in. Now, against this Ravens D, the the issue is going to be they got speed. They got great linebackers, right? We talked about that with Smith and Queen, right? Mm -hmm. What are they going to do to catch this defense, right? What are they going to do to get this defense on its heels? That's going to be the question because they're going to be coming. They're number one in points against, and I think they're number three in um, uh, third down um, stops. Right in the NFL, so this is a this is a rock solid day, and the physicality element we've talked about. So the Rams are going to have to stay true to their game, and McVay particularly with his play calling, because early on they may not have that success that they're used to. But like we always say, right, the running game is like Novocaine. Yeah. Give it time, right? And that's exactly what they're going to have to do to keep this defense <laughs> on. Yeah. Here. No. Because true. the last yeah. thing. Yep. This is the last thing you want or, is. This Ravens need to pin their ears back and start sending people after staff.
3: Well, let's let's move into the kind of the uh, you know the hot topic here. And we talked about the development of this team, the development of the rookies. We talked about the um, the you know just Rams have accomplished and are well on their way to accomplishing every goal that they've set out this year. From that perspective, Um, but. What's surprising about this year is the opportunity for them to potentially make the playoffs. So, just wanted to go through some of these playoff scenarios. Mm-hmm. And um, so, what I want to do is just kind of go through the the wild card contenders. So, there's five teams in the NFL that are going to uh, are going to make the playoffs. In, I'm sorry, in the NFC, they're going to make the playoffs. Right. And the, the four division winners, plus, you know, either the Eagles or the Cowboys. And so there's two left. Right. So let's talk about who they are. So I'm going I'm to reel off the contender and who the, and the rest of their record and see what you guys think. So let's talk about Seattle real quick. Right. So just give me a win loss and then we'll narrow it down to our finalists. So Seattle at San Francisco, win or loss? Seattle. Loss. Oh, yeah. Loss, uh, at home against Philadelphia. Loss,
0: mm, loss, yeah,
3: at Tennessee.
0: That's probably a win,
3: yeah. Home against Pittsburgh,
0: that's oh, probably that's a win too. Game. That's a good game
3: at Arizona. Oh, that's a win, that's probably okay. a win, yeah. Okay, so Seattle's going nine and eight, right? Um, Green yep. Bay, uh. Green well Bay. you know what? I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna change my thing on that Pittsburgh game. I think Pittsburgh beats him. Okay. I'm gonna go yeah. with Tom late in the season. Nine and
3: eight, eight and nine. It Hopefully. doesn't matter. The Rams, yeah, the, yeah. the Rams have the tiebreaker over them for the sweep.
2: So go Seattle, terrible towels.
3: Seattle's out. Um okay. Let's go uh let's go to Minnesota, right? Another six and sixteen. So we'll go with um uh they got Vegas, right? Yeah, we got at at Los, at at yeah. the uh, at the Raiders, win or loss.
0: Coin flip, man. Listen, it's, it's in Vegas. Go away
3: from the dome. Okay, coin flip at uh, at Cincinnati. I Gosh, like
0: this. This are gonna be tight, aren't they? Maybe, like maybe Cincinnati. Bengals. I like their deep. I like their defense more. Yeah, I'd say Bengals.
3: Okay, so lost for the loss for Minnesota. Um, home. I'm gonna think Detroit. about that
0: Raider game in the background. Home but a Detroit,
3: Detroit, Detroit win. Detroit. They're gonna, Minnesota. Detroit's gonna win. Yes. Yeah, Detroit. So it's Lions. a loss for loss for the Minnesota. Um, home against Green Bay.
2: Home against GB.
0: I mean, as of today, that's a loss, right? I mean, that's yeah. As Green Bay is playing good football.
3: Yeah. Keep it real. And then, yeah. uh, and then now at Detroit
2: at Detroit, I'm going with Detroit. Yeah.
3: Okay, so Minnesota, the Las Vegas game is irrelevant. Minnesota is even if they win, we'll give Minnesota the win against Las Vegas. They lose their last four games. They uh they finished a 7 and 10. Okay, they're out. Um now let's go to the big the yeah, the, so. the number 1 so. <laughs> rat, right? So well there's two teams left, right? So unless you know somebody from the uh, It's hard to say, but somebody from the, um, NFC South could, you know, Atlanta or New Orleans, whatever. If we beat New Orleans, then, you know, we're going to take care of business there for sure. But let's go to Green Bay. So at the, at the Giants this week.
2: Oh, yeah. Green Bay.
3: Okay. Um, when, yeah. Okay. So the Giants are, so the Green Bay beats the Giants, um, and then now they have Tampa Bay yeah at home Green Bay Green Bay okay at Carolina I mean that seems like a win okay we already we already said they're going to beat Minnesota and Chicago
2: dude yeah you guys got a nice stretch there they got a a
3: nice stretch so they could go 11 or you know 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 and that's OK. So Green Bay, let's just assume that, you know, this wasn't just a miracle two or three game stretch for Love and he's the real deal. Yeah. And, you know, they figured it out. Right. So let's just say Green Bay is a lock to some degree with the um, especially with the tie break over the Rams with the uh, six playoff spot. So basically there's one spot left. We already went down the line. Minnesota has a tough schedule. A couple of Detroit's, a Green Bay, a Cincinnati. Seattle has the gauntlet with San Francisco, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. You know Pittsburgh. Right. Even if they go nine and eight, um, they still lose the tiebreaker to the Rams. So now let's look at the Rams' schedule at Baltimore.
2: I mean that's a tough one, but you listen.
3: Let's just assume it's an L just just okay. for sake, right? We can't we we would love for him to win them all <laughs> yeah. but right, let's just give that one an L, right? Okay, so Washington at home.
2: I think we can handle God Washington at that.
3: Yeah. That team, that team. That team's given up I read today 122
2: done. Done. points in the last 3 weeks. Dude, they were done. they were not in a bad place in terms of they, how they they quit. I mean, there's only one. I
3: mean, I don't think they have a lot of that. injuries. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. no,
2: I mean,
0: well, look at when you trade that... your two your top two edge defenders or your top two defenders, right. arguably. I mean, yeah, send it wanted a message
2: to your, to your, to your squad. squad yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they mailed it um, in a
3: while ago. So. they didn't mail it in a while ago. Good point. Um, okay, home against New Orleans. This is a big game. You have that's, to win it. Really uh, county people. of W. You gotta do it. It depends on who they start. If if they start Derek Carr. It's definite W. If they start <laughs> Jameis Winston, yeah. it's a very likely W. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy yeah. what's going on over there, in New Orleans, man. But, they,
2: but yeah. you know, um, you know what? New Orleans is a physical team. They play good days, so the Rams have to bring their A game in all these games, basically.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, at the Giants,
0: but has to be game to win. One. Has to be a win. Has to at be a the win.
3: Giants and. Yep. We don't know who's going to start that game. Maybe it's going to be DeVito for the rest of the year at the Giants. Yeah. That's
2: going to be interesting. Is that a New Year's Eve game too? I don't know. Is that? When I first looked at the schedule, I thought I had the wrong dates. It might be. It might be. I know there's
3: some good New Year's Eve It's a one o'clock game. So the Giants, will call that a dub, right? Yep. Got it, right? The worst team, second worst team in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then at San Francisco – if they're playing for anything home field advantage or anything else, it's it's not it's that wouldn't be a good a good uh, prediction that we're gonna win that one. So if we lose that, now we go nine and eight. And Minnesota seven and ten, green bay, eleven and six. They're in. So the Rams get the seventh seed, and the Rams now play the two seed, which is going to be either uh, the Eagles or the Niners.
2: Yep, the Eagles are San Fran. Yeah, or it could be well, the po- be- or possibly Detroit, but hey, it, it or I, I, or it
3: could it could be anyone. It could actually be it could be Dallas if yeah. they beat the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I um, mean, look at let's let's keep it real though.
0: Any of those teams? Look at let's, gentlemen, real quick. Think let's think about these scenarios for, for fun. Do you think Detroit wants Matthew Stafford coming in with house money to play them in a playoff game? No Hell way. No. They're terrified. Hell no. Do you think do you think Eagles or Niners want a, you know, another rematch in a series? Obviously Niners would be a third time. Philly would be a second time. Do you think they really want that with a team with house money that was supposed to be terrible? Hell no they don't. I, so I just think any of the scenarios that whoever we play, obviously Detroit was probably the most beatable because I don't think their secondary is very good with all the injuries. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. But we could win those matchups, man. But we got to get in. Let's—I know I'm jumping the gun here, but get in the tournament. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And if we get the nine wins, we'll have a good chance. Ten, we're definitely in, right? I think we all agree on that.
2: Yeah. And now, which which irritates me, because if you think about not having a backup and then the two kicker games, that would have been two or three games right there. That swing could have made a difference. And let me tell you why, Ram Nation, that's so relevant. Look at the number of teams that we talked about that are dome teams. So even if we didn't have home field advantage, we would be going into these domes to play these games, right, Tom and Ian? And that makes the Rams dangerous playing. Yeah, Detroit and
3: Dallas. Detroit and Dallas. Yeah. San Francisco and Philly obviously aren't, but, um, yeah, I I couldn't see. But think
2: about it. But you also got, you know, look at the mix. You got Atlanta's in the mix. You got uh, Minnesota's in the mix. Those are all dome teams, also.
3: Well, those are yeah, but those would all be second round games, not not. Yeah, but but that's the whole point. Yeah, but
2: that's the whole point. When you start talking about deep runs, you start seeing all these dome teams line up. You're like, right? We might Gotta be to something.
3: I mean the, the the only matchup I can see the Rams winning at ever, you know, if the if the choices are at San Francisco, at um, Detroit, uh, or at Dallas or at Philly, right? Those would be the the potential second round, uh, or I'm sorry, second seeded teams. The only game, the only matchup that I can see, that I would just be like, oh, I'm all in on this for the Rams would be the Detroit game. The Detroit like game? Did, yeah, I do not. I, I think they could go in there. And I, it's just that is, uh with Stafford and Goff. And, I mean, it's just, that is so lined up for an upset. But going into San Francisco this year, I don't ugh. see it. If they stay healthy. Going into Dallas, they are just decimating people at home. And we've already been decimated there once. And at Philly in the first round, I mean it. It's going—you know—they're—they're they're all in this year because they don't have many years left with that with that team. So Detroit's the only real opportunity. So that's going to kind of—I'm rooting for, um, root for Detroit to uh, to uh, yeah get that second seed. So uh, well, good stuff. Well, let's end it there, guys. Uh, going almost an hour, but good round table and uh yeah we'll check back in with y'all after the baltimore game and boy if we can get that that baltimore w we're looking at potentially 10 wins and um you know then it's really in the rams hands it's the, we don't need any help from anyone so uh you know washington new orleans and the giants in the next three games all very winnable maybe san francisco ends up with a a game that doesn't matter and they rest everybody you never know so We'll see what happens. But uh, the Baltimore game, Cleveland was a good first step. Um, And then the Baltimore game, boy, pulling out a real upset there would be fantastic. But uh, we'll we'll check it. Like McVeigh said,
2: good teams get better every week.
3: That's it. That's it.
2: Good stuff. Well,
3: hey, thanks again for joining us. And uh, this has been the Rams Up podcast, another roundtable edition with Ian and Paul. I'm Tom Kortz, your host, at RamSpeed on Twitter, and we'll catch you guys next week.
2: All right, double-barrel Ramboids.
1: That's going to do it for this episode